Hello and welcome to the Ramen Profitable Podcast. My name is Atish Mazumdar and I'm here with my co-pilot, the great and powerful Chris Scott. And this is the podcast about testing out your ideas, taking your first steps, and really overcoming those obstacles on the way to entrepreneurship. Enjoy. There he is, and no surprise at all, we're matching again because we are again. Soulmates. Way to go. <laughs> with a maybe new haircut. I'm not sure. No, this is the uh, third phase of my hair. I always get a haircut. And then I, uh, it grows out to the point where you can't do much with it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I wear a hat for a few days. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to the point where you can do stuff with it again. So then I can start combing it. And then it's uh, like a brand new haircut, even though it's just my hair growing out. Mm, okay. So, so it's like the concept of, uh, uh, what is that? Uh, have you heard of second drink? No, I've never heard of second drink. Second drink is when you still have some left in your drink, but then you don't touch it for a distinct period in time. And then the ice melts and then you have second drink. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I totally miss that phase, that phenomenon. Yeah. That uh, pop. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know if that was... I don't know if that was a widely spread thing, but that was a thing. So you're on third phase haircut, which is second haircut, which is a lot like second drink. Right. So I, and I think in a probably tomorrow or Tuesday, I'll give myself a haircut. I have a work thing on Wednesday and then I'm going on a trip, which we should probably discuss at some point uh, the following weekend. Oh, so not next weekend, the following weekend. So not next weekend, but the following weekend. This is a concept that traditionally I have a lot of problems understanding. I just want you to know. <laughs> because to me, next... So, so I'm glad that we align on one concept, which is the concept of next weekend. Yeah, okay. so th- this is a weekend right now. This is weekend. Next weekend would be the next weekend. Right. And then the weekend following would be the, the weekend after that. Right. Okay. So let's say I was to say on Wednesday, next weekend, when would that be? What, what weekend would that refer to? Ooh, what time on Wednesday? Uh, I don't. To me, the answer is the same no matter what, but let's say 2 p.m. All right, then it's going to be not the weekend coming up, but the following weekend. What? Are you crazy? Why? That's not the be- next weekend. What, what, what is this weekend then? See, only because we are currently in this weekend. Oh, I see what you're saying. But on Wednesday, if I was to say that, well, in that case, in that specific case, on Wednesday, if I was to refer to next weekend or this weekend, I would say that those are conceptually the same thing. Oh, they're not. Next weekend is the same as this weekend. No, on Wednesday, everyone's working for the weekend, obviously. So which weekend are you working for this weekend? So that's the next weekend coming up. So if it's Wednesday and I say, what are you doing this weekend? What is your response? I'm podcasting with Chris. I'm going to the gym, you know, the usual weekend stuff. And then if I say, oh man, it's going to be crazy. Uh, I'm podcasting with the Tish on Saturday. What are you doing next weekend? But the next weekend is this weekend in that case. 
Because the next weekend that is to occur is the that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I guess if you want to get all technical and stuff, you are correct. But usually when talking about next weekend, uh, dates or numbers are usually involved. So it's clarified. Well, it's it's kind of like the concept of uh, bi-weekly, right? What does that mean to you? Uh, bi-weekly. Every other week. Right. But couldn't that also mean... Twice a week. Twice a week. Yeah. Bi-weekly. Yeah. So similarly, it's like, see, I think we need to take the space out of these terms because they're they're subject to. Uh, it's all opinion. part of corporate America, part of the man trying to hold us down and get us confused as to what our free time is and what a weekend is and what is owed to us. You know, I know you're being uh, sarcastic, but I think you're onto something. I think you're right. I, I think it's probably way more true than not (laughs) okay so (laughs) either way we are in this weekend now right now we can enjoy the same the same language the same uh the parlance of our times if you will because this weekend is the weekend that we currently are existing in you and i are currently sitting in this weekend and the next weekend we are both in agreement no matter what your uh 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 affiliations may be we can agree that next weekend is the next weekend right because it's a weekend right now so obviously it can't be anything else yeah it can't be this weekend it's next weekend right right okay good i'm glad we came to that resolution um is that a is that a off the air uh uh next weekend conversation or is that an on the air no it's like it can be an on the air thing i probably should hijack this whole podcast to talk about it i suggest you do and so uh, what's happening is at Elephant Scout, we want to move forward with new projects. And so we are planning a writing weekend escape. We booked uh, Airbnb out in the middle of nowhere, New Mexico, that it's literally in the middle of nowhere. And it's this huge house on this huge plot of land. There's like a giant telescope to do star watching at night. There are, you know, there's a room for everybody and a bathroom for everybody. So nice. it's a writing weekend. So you booked a corporate retreat for Elephant Scout. I didn't book it. This was like half the problem was uh, I didn't want to be in charge of this trip because I would have been fine just going to like Star Pass. Classic Chris. And, you know, (laughs) getting work done in three days and a week, you know, not go crazy. But uh, one other Elephant Scout member, Francisco, he wanted to go to a cabin because he wanted to write. Like Secret Window, like your favorite movie. Oh, I, man, obviously me and Francisco uh, understand each other on a deeper level. You and I will always be soulmates, Chris, but obviously myself and Francisco really understand each other because I always say in another life, I would have become a uh, chef like Anthony Bourdain. But in another life after that, I would just drink a bunch and do a bunch of drugs and live in Maine and write books like Stephen King. Yeah, you definitely would get along with Francisco. But I think with you and Francisco, <laughs> it would be more like a it'd be more like a side fling because there's no like real substance to it. It's like, yeah, you do all the fun stuff together, but there's not going to be any real deep connection. It's surface level stuff. It's right, not. Right. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I can I can understand and appreciate that. So uh, the plan was we all were to meet uh, a week before like There's three scripts. There's three people going. We're each going to write a script. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the writing trip, we're all going to have three different rough drafts of a script to work on for the remainder of the year because 
we can't really do much right now. Wait, so those are three different, like distinct scripts, different scripts that are, that are about different projects. Yes. Extremely different. And, uh, the idea is we're going to highlight some cultural, uh, influence from, from here in Tucson, from the Southwest, from the old Pueblo. And we're going to kind of package it as a deal as opposed to trying to get one movie done at a time. Okay. So you're selling a franchise already. No, we're not selling a franchise, but we are selling. I don't know what the right, this is. Remember when I couldn't find that one word or it's not, it's not like, uh, documenting or, uh, archiving or capturing like a cultural uh, moment here in the Southwest. We talked about this and we had the same exact conversation and I, could go back and, and look up the word. the word. Yeah, I think we picked a word, and it's still not the right word. Um, but but the idea is that it's going to yeah. be like a cultural snapshot of what the Southwest is. Did you already say chronicle? Probably. I think in the previous episode I did. Okay, and we you said, said chronicle. It's not. Chronicle. You said no, that's not chronicle. But chronicle is probably closest because it does sound most uh, narrative. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's let's go ahead and settle on chronicle until we can. Better okay. associate. So the idea is that we're going to chronicle several aspects of the Southwest here. So I'm working on a musical myself. So it's going to be influenced by music and dance from, you know, Latin American cultures that wait, influence wait, 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 the community wait. here in town. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Let's let's. You're working on a musical. Yes. And we're going to talk about it more later. Okay. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> okay, good. Because I want to dig into that for sure. And then Francisco's writing this, it's a horror movie, but it's okay. going to be like, it's going to be in Spanish. It's going to be set here in the Southwest, but it's about three kids living in Tucson that get stuck in an abandoned building with one zombie in it. Okay. So it's like, we're going to have the language there and it's going to be like some, a lot of, uh, you know, I think social construct, uh, influence, social, uh, influence, you know, uh, what it's like growing up in the Southwest okay. from, uh, okay, sure. so, so, from a young uh, child's point of view, that is bilingual, who's most likely not from this country. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying in terms of, uh, what would you say? Social construct. Yeah. That uh, like, I, I see what you're saying. Basically the, the, like a slice of experience of being bilingual, being, uh, maybe non-domestic or, or what is the word for it when you're a I don't know a first but the, generation American I guess you could sure, say yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or in I that think, case maybe not but yeah it's less about the politics of it all but more about like like an actual kids experience like yeah minus yeah, yeah, all yeah. the politics we're not going to yeah, be some sure. old white men shoving immigrants down your throats because that's what a lot of people do here in the film community if you're old and white and you make a movie about the border there's a cartel involved and a bunch of illegal immigrants, yeah, afraid which, to talk to the talk to the cops. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. That's basically, uh, and and to a degree, like parts of it were more interesting versus less interesting. Like for instance, I thought <clears throat> Sicario, the the first movie, was uh, it's basically what you're saying. Like it's it's what you're saying, and um, Sicario two had more elements of the the border town growing up young in that like i don't did you see the movie oh yeah yeah uh but i thought the second one shit the bed 
I don't they, think all the parties involved with the first one were involved with the second one. Right. It, it seemed like a totally different thing because the first one told a very specific story that was very specifically about, you know, these operations that the U.S. is conducting across the border and stuff like that, the legality thereof and all that kind of stuff. The second one, initially, I was interested because it looked like it was going to specifically tell a story about, like, being a person who's caught up in the the politics of this of this border conflict right like uh, right. Uh, because it, it starts with the family like it shows you shots of the family it shows you the kid it shows you the father like all that kind of stuff but then it just turned into what all of these sequels turn into which is like some tentpole summer movie where you know there's there's like it's driven mostly by shootouts and by like this kind of same old same old plot structure like i remember it came out relatively close to logan the the x-men movie uh and i was like oh it's the same fucking movie they just they copy and pasted logan into border town southwest cartel but it was the same fucking movie and that drives Uh me crazy when i see that okay i i believe you i believe you and then that, the third the, what, movie what, what we're going to work there on. is that he believes me, but he doesn't agree with my take <laughs> is what just subtext. That's what you're saying. But go ahead. And then the third movie we're going to work on is a uh, it's like a Princess Bride type movie. But with uh, you, you've, you've seen the Princess Bride, right? Yeah. Well, I, I just don't know what you mean by a Princess Bride type movie. It's called Stories My Thought That Told Me. And so okay. it's about a young uh, Latina girl, Latinx uh-huh. girl, uh, who hears stories from her grandfather, and it's kind of like the imagination of those stories. I like that. I like so that. it's a lot like Princess Bride, where it's you know, Columbo reading to Fred Ward. <laughs> that was Columbo. Yeah. Holy shit! I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that was Columbo reading to Fred Ward, and then the whole whole cast acting acting it out the princess was the uh training woman from wonder woman i know you've seen wonder woman i saw the first one so remember the uh she dies i think when the and the beach storm and she was the one like fighting for the girl to get training mm-hmm. she was uh the princess that in the princess the, bride wow. and she Holy was shit. in uh the movie with the creeper not the movie the series house of cards Oh, <laughs> I never, <laughs> I never would have put that together just <laughs> from the creeper. Yeah. Okay. House of cards. So it's, it's these three different stories and we're, we were all supposed to have an outline so we could sit down and discuss it. And then, so we can like flush out all the story ideas. So when we get to the cabin, it is three straight days of nothing but writing, no distractions. If we need help, we're there to help each other. If we get stuck in a moment, then we can be like, hey, everybody, emergency meeting. We need to help me brainstorm this problem I have right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, getting the group, I decided not to be involved in the planning of the trip because I feel like I do everything. And I want someone just someone else to make decisions. But that's like what's happening with Elephant Scout is like we're going to branch out and do three different projects. That means someone else is going to have to start making their own decisions for these projects. Yes. This, I mean, uh, I will be involved at, you know, at some level, but at some point they're going to have to take charge and not be like, oh, we got to wait to see what Chris says. You're you're trying to Elon Musk. No, I'm not trying to Elon Musk at all. No? No, I'm not going to buy any 
Dogecoin as a joke. And then when I tank at SNL, cancel Bitcoin being accepted as a currency to buy Teslas. Oh, these kinds of machinations. This is to, this is going to be a traditional place where Chris and I would disagree. So I'll go ahead and circumvent that whole conversation. There but, we go. Just like I did with Sicario and Logan. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, because there's a whole lot of uh, hate for Elon Musk that I think is unearned because I think it it stems mostly from these other kinds of conversations that are going on, like people's objection to capitalism, even though they live inside of capitalism. So I don't understand where that logic comes from. But anyways, well, actually, I do understand where that logic comes from. All this aside, Elon Musk has... Uh, what I mean by that is he's driving results on three to four major companies, but he cannot be the decision maker on those three to four different companies because you, by definition, can't be close enough to each individual problem set of each different one. So he has to appoint strong leaders in each. It's what's called a decentralized command. Yeah, you talk about this all the time. Yeah. Why don't you just say that? Why do you have to bring Elon Musk into this? <sighs> I don't know. I guess I guess he's a he's a well, A, um, it's what came to mind. B, uh, I guess he's a uh, 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 what is the word I'm looking for? Starts with a C. Controversial figure these days. Oh, yes. Controversial. Anyways. OK, so you're going to be running a decent you're trying to run a decentralized command. I'm trying to, and it's not working out that well, but uh, we, we're a week and a half away from this trip and we only have one outline done. We only have We've had one meeting about this one outline and we have a week and a half till this trip. And I'm just nervous that it's just going to be a trip for nothing. And hopefully it's not like a crash and burn type of situation. Well, let's, uh, this is something out of a uh, uh, four hour work week. So the Tim Ferriss study you and I did a couple weeks back, there was a piece to it that I thought was something that I certainly like not something that um, I think is something everybody needs, but it's certainly something that I benefit from and something that I need as a part of my process. And what that is, is uh, let's look at the worst case scenario, right? Because like oftentimes we imagine things would be worse than they actually are. For instance, oftentimes I get concerned about the possibility of like not having my current job or not having, you know, cause I'm just like, Oh my God, I'd be unemployed. I'd be making no money. Like I'd be totally fucked. But the ultimate truth of that is not like, even if I was to lose my job tomorrow, I have enough skill and enough acumen that I could pick up something else relatively quickly. Like I mm -hmm. wouldn't be completely screwed. So similarly, let's look at the worst case scenario here. I am not all that convinced. Like what what okay before i jump to conclusions here what does worst case scenario look like to you in the in like uh, given real inputs obviously like nothing ridiculous like oh the cabin gets hit by a meteor and then none of our scripts get done oh i i don't go that far okay i don't go that crazy i'm not a tish <laughs> i think uh the worst case scenario is we get, leave the cabin weekend with zero scripts okay. and a tension between the group that is not repairable Okay. Now, what would have to happen to leave with zero scripts? Because 
you're you're going in with three people, right? So you're each writing your own script, right? So what would have to have to happen for you to not come up with a script? Like like that's that's kind of what I'm driving at here. It's like even if everyone else was to totally fuck off, could you finish your script? No, at this moment, no, because I have no oh. idea what I'm trying to say with this movie. Like I'm ah, I'm in a okay. weird place with this movie because of the dynamic of the group and it's crazy. Everyone's super excited about the musical part of it all. Right. And I got it for some reason. I don't know why I'm in charge of this musical. Oh, you got sat. Okay. So you guys just all had, so this, this was something that I was curious about in and of itself was the idea of the, the musical is here's why I thought you had just come up with that concept and you were driving that forward. And, and I'm not sure if what you're saying is that's not necessarily true. You just had ideas for concepts and you got landed with the musical. So months ago, I'd say like mid pandemic, we were not able to do Dirty Harry at the feature that we wanted to do. Right. I mean, uh, I was freaking out about it the most because, you know, the George Floyd protest and it was a complicated pandemic. Sort of it's thing. been a, it was a complicated year. So what we yeah. did is we, we had a meeting where we kind of said, hey, let's write down all the ideas we have for movies. Let's uh, have a meeting. We'll write them all down on one big list. And then we will just keep these projects in mind. And let's say we have three scripts written for, you know, XYZ project. And we can't move forward on production on them. Well, we still have, you know, ABC to write. So we can go and look at those, you know, so we're always working on a project, always progressing on something. Mm-hmm. So it's, we're going to build a library of scripts and theory of all projects that we want to make. I mean, we pitched them to each other and we all felt good about it. So they're all ideas we'd eventually like to make. So the idea was we'd have this pool of ideas we can just pick from and then just write our scripts until we can start making movies. And let's say we make three movies and we still have three scripts in our back pocket. We don't have to wait two years to write a script. Uh, I, okay. We can yeah. immediately go into the next project. It's not yeah. a two-year pro- process per project. It's like, oh, let's do two or three this year because we have the scripts. Right. Okay, so you're you're. It, it's basically like uh, mortgaging development. Like you're you're making payments and installments now towards a larger project. That like that way you'd be able to pick up and and execute on them. It's like uh, like let's say we all each want our Tesla Cybertrucks. So we kind of each have, we've just, you know, we're building up saving accounts. So I have a savings account to pay for one. Let's work on the next savings account. Oh, we have another savings account for two. And then when the time comes to actually buy trucks, it's like, oh, hey, here's the savings account. Let me just buy it right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. we can do that. Oh, we can buy two now because we have two in the bank or we have three I in the see. bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, yeah okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So it's more like that. And so I think the idea was mine and I think I might've said it on a whim it's like, oh, let's make a musical set here in Tucson. Mm-hmm. And so the problem I'm having is everyone's input has been completely different because what defines a musical is crazy. I, I thought it was just that you told story through song and you uh, have songs. Is that not right? A- well, according to one person of the group, it would be cool if the musical was a bunch of musical acts. 
So we're okay. we're going to we're it's a movie about a journey of two people going to different venues around town and they happen to see a bunch of acts. And I'm like, that's not what a musical is. Uh-huh. And then the other person of the group is very concerned about everything to an extent where it's annoying. And and this is of the three person group. So what right. so when you're saying okay, okay, okay. So I, I just want to make sure that it's aware that it's like this is one third of the votes. Basically. So one third of it is like, oh, it should be, you know, let's get the, the idea was to work with the local band to make the yeah. music. And we uh-huh. picked a band and it's a cool band and they have a unique vibe and sound. I'm not a big fan of the right. music, but the sound is cool. And I think with work, if they're up for the collaboration of it all, it would be an yeah. interesting sound choice. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's the, it's the name of the, I'm just going to say the name of the band because they have a new album coming out and the week and a half they're called Chicha. Chicha. Spelled C-H-I-C-H-A or spelled C-H-E-E-C-H-A. X-I-X-A. Good Lord. Okay. Uh, not so at all what I thought. Yeah. It's like this like very seventies rock cumbia Brazil type sound. Okay. It's that super unique. Great. It's super unique. It's kind of, um, not psychedelic, but it's kind of like a darker tone. And I think if you listen to it, you're not going to think musical when you listen to it. Now I'm super look, excited. Yeah, look them up on uh, Spotify. But at the same time, I don't think they're going to say yes to working on a musical. Are you sure? Like if, you, if you look at their image, if you look at their vibe, it's yeah, it's not, it's not their thing. Yeah, just I mean, okay, so just looking at the picture on Spotify, right? So. so yeah, it is musicals do not really look like in their repertoire, but that said, uh, you know, the exposure, the you know, it might it might So the thing about this band is that they're pretty big in Europe. They have like a pretty large following overseas and they're a pretty big deal here in town. I don't know if you remember the band Colexico. I do, of course. Uh, you know how like they were they had like a like a peak maybe like ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's what this band is now. It's like the new Calexico. Okay, so they're having their moment. Yeah, and they're 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 getting up there, and they've been around for a long time, doing lots lots of local stuff, and they're cool, and it sounds interesting. And uh, if you get some time, you know, listen to a song, and it's you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah. My idea was let's use one band to collaborate with on all the songs. Okay. So it has a consistent sound throughout. One third of the group wants to use 10 different bands because there's going to be 10 to 12 songs and have everybody do one song. Because the idea is, oh, if we have 10 bands, their audience is going to hop on board this movie and, you know, help us become more popular. Okay. And I don't think that's doable. I don't think that's going to happen. What part of that does not seem doable to you? It's uh, 20 local bands and the idea of when was the last time you saw a local band? Ooh, 2019, 2019. What was that band and where did they play? Uh, that was like an indie rock band and they were playing at a small venue, like a local venue here that like a local venue and bar uh on 7th street was it a pretty good crowd or was it just fine it was just fine 
Right. So I multiply just fine by 20. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're it's, saying. It's not yeah. enough to justify that. But this, right. this, I mean, this band Chicha is doing an album release party on the, the Saturday. We're going to be at the writing retreat. Mm-hmm. And they sold out their show and then they added a second show. And okay. yes, it's and yeah, it's at Congress, and yes, it's outside, and there's limited capacity. But I think it would have sold out no matter what. Yeah, I mean, if they're adding a second, okay. So like, if we can just make the assumption that like, <clears throat> I don't know what percentages we're calling capacity these days, especially it's just a confusing time right now. Like, right, specifically right now is a very confusing time because masks, you know, yes or no, uh, like. Are, is ever does everybody who could have gotten a vaccine have a vaccine? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, does X Y Z? It's like it's a very confusing time. So depending on, but if they're adding a second show, like if it was fifty percent capacity, but a show done twice, then it's like we could probably. That's an easy assumption. If it's twenty five percent capacity, but a show done twice, then it's a little bit harder to establish. But one could assume that you would get like majority share of the room basically well it's a outdoor this it's the outdoor space you know how congress has the oh okay. and they had that yeah. they had that stage yeah. outside and i think they do it outside so they can have a higher capacity than like the inside venue yes 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 okay okay oh, well so i mean it's probably a pretty popular showing right you don't well think? I think so. And that's why I, I kind of want to use this band because I think they have the most clout. I mean, look at their Spotify. How many subscribers do they have? Uh, Chicha? Yeah, I don't I don't remember. I should probably have looked that up. I, I have no idea what this number is. So, Well, it says 23,000 monthly listeners. So right. if we were to even, like if we even do some really, this isn't really how that kind of math would work, right? Because more people would like a one night showing means that more people would show up. But if well, we the idea, my, do, the idea I'm trying to get to is, uh, let's say, you know, they have a show, it sells out. They right. have 24,000 followers on Spotify. Even if we get 1% of that, you know, that's less work for us to do in regards to the musical selling the musical yeah, and making absolutely. money if, back. If yeah. we think about 23,000, uh, listeners a month, that can basically be extrapolated to 766 listeners per day. Right. So, I mean, that's a, that's a significant showing. Right. As, a, as opposed to some like really awesome person that probably has some great sound that only does open mic nights, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, and, I, I see and, what you're saying. And I know uh, quality uh, trumps all, but I think at this, in this day and age, we need, some sort of fan base to help us move things, especially because there's an oversaturation of everything. Uh, expand on that. Uh, if you go on to uh, iTunes to download a movie or like, Oh, you go to what's new on your Showtime app. It's like, mm-hmm. there's, if you go browse through movies on demand, it's like a wave of, Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like really good looking posters with someone you kind of know you think you know and then it's a terrible movie because all the reviews are like 10 percent. yeah yeah uh I, I okay i just had this exact experience but but i won't 
Yeah. Didn't you have this experience with uh, Play Night or Fun Night, Fight Night? What was that movie you watched with uh, on Hulu with Tori? It wasn't Game Night. It was. It was. It was Buddy Games. God damn, that movie was dog shit. Right. So that's that's what I'm talking about. And like even thinking about that uh, as like a side note, it's like yeah. Uh, what movies do we usually go back to and watch over and over again versus these movies we watch just once? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I like I saw Godzilla versus Kong once. I don't know yeah. if I'll ever see it again unless it's on TV. Like right. there was nothing really there to get me to want to go back to it. it. It doesn't have the 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 rewatch sort of like there's there's no there are movies that people love to watch and then watch again and watch again and watch again. Like, for instance, uh, The Big Lebowski for me is is my number one. Like, I'll uh-huh. watch that movie forever and ever. But there are movies that I legitimately you see it, you hear about it once and you're good. Like you are just good forever. Right. And so like another pressure I'm putting on myself trying to think about this movie is like, what's the thing that's going to want to get people to come back to watch it over and over again? Yep. And so that's where the story comes in, but I'm still struggling with the story because the other third of elephant scout is, um, my idea for the movie is it's more like, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with musicals. Oh, let's see. I've seen Brigadoon. (laughs) Perfect. All right. You've seen Brigadoon. So every Gene Kelly musical is basically Gene Kelly showing up at a town, seeing a girl and getting like weird creeper vibes and just chases after that girl till he gets it. Okay. Uh, It happens in On the Town. He shows up to New York. He sees a girl on a poster. That's what the whole movie is about. Him finding this one girl he saw on a poster. And she's on the town. And she's on the town. Well, they only have they only have one night in New York because they're on like shore leave or uh-huh. they're in the Navy. Uh-huh. And so uh, same thing with uh, singing in the rain. He falls into a girl's car and he has to see her again. OK. Uh, so, so that's kind of the mechanic that is used in in musicals and I, I think Gene Kelly also- music- and Gene Kelly musicals. Okay, I think that's also basically Brigadoon. I mean, there's right. also the whole thing. He goes to the, he goes to Scotland, right? I haven't seen yeah. it yet, but I want to see yeah. it. Yeah, that's it's that's basically the gist. It's like he uh, two friends go to Scotland, and it's like uh, it's no, uh, not an odd couple thing, but one of them is one way, and one of them's the other way, and they're, they're like an odd pairing. Uh, and then while they're there, one of the guys uh, meets a, a girl there gets obsessed and you know whatever and there's like mystical properties about the the place that like you can f- find it once but you can't find it again or some shit like that so right. then basically the one guy decides that he's gonna stay and then the other guy is gonna leave that's brigadoon that's brigadoon and i'm sure there's like a weird ballet number out of nowhere where it's just all interpretive dance uh there certainly was some dancing yeah, uh, th- yeah. there was definitely some dancing yep so that's like the cuts. That's kind of what I'm thinking. It's like it's going to be a movie about a couple. And so a, a guy needs to pursue okay. the woman at some point. So how do we do that in a way that's uh, not Gene Kelly creepy? And so. Right. That it, It's a little bit more modernized and not strange. Yeah. Right. Or, well, because strange it's, would be the wrong word, but I, I see what you're saying. Well, no, it's, it's uh, like, again, the times have been changing. And so what's the new way yeah. to do yep. a, a romantic story now? 
You know, it's it's how many memes have we seen or jokes have we seen about uh, just guys talking to girls at clubs and like girls just want to be left alone? Oh, a million. There's that really popular one now where it's <laughs> like the guy yelling that, that, at the girl. Yeah. 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 I love that one, especially the one that's um, uh, like the the vaccine one where it's like the guy's like, are you did you get Moderna or Pfizer? And it's like he's like yelling in her ear and she's just like. Yep. Just rolling like her eyes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, if that's, you know, what, like, what is the balance there? Like, how do we present this story in a way that is, you know, not that, and it's, are we thinking yeah. about it too much or are we not thinking about it enough? And it's this idea of, well, I guess movies in general, they kind of, they don't follow social trends are always like three years after like social yeah. trends. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we had Oscar so white like eight years ago and it's like barely now that, yeah, Oscar so white. Do you remember Oscar so white? Uh, no. What is that? So it was a thing that happened, uh, years ago, eight years ago where oh, like every, Oscars. So white. Oscars. Yeah. 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 So it was, uh, and now this, this last year we had a more diverse a representation in nominees and nominations, but not in the big ones, not in best picture, not in best actor. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, it's like, it takes a while for these things to kind of catch up, but here in the indie world, we can do it now. We can set standards. We can, you know, really do things the way we think things should be shown. Well, basically, if you don't have a bunch of stakeholders and shit like that who uh, are worried about what they're making on the back end and whether or not you can get nominated for Best Picture and all that kind of shit, you have the freedom to cast who is best for the role or who you think makes the best story or who does whatever. You have the freedom to use your budget as you see fit. You have the freedom to tell the story that you want to tell. You don't have to be kind of beholden to these other kind of expectations. Also, we're not a group of people that are kind of living in a bubble where none of these social justice topics that have come up to come to light. Uh, uh-huh. They're not affected by it at all. They're kind yeah. of in their own little wealth bubble where they don't have to worry about, you know, anything basically. Yeah. Yep. And so the world is clean and fresh according to them because, Oh, I can go anywhere and get whatever I want. Yeah. I can speed through the town and not get a ticket type of thing. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we, we, de- I don't, look at it as a responsibility, but I do look at it as an opportunity to kind of present new ideas and new points of view and kind of, that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to be diverse. We're trying to be progressive or forward thinking versus staying in the past. Yeah, exactly. You, you not only want a modern reflection of today, but also establishing a you know, what could be a better time tomorrow or something like that, like selling the, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so this third of elephant scout is very concerned about being creepy, making a Gene Kelly musical where it's creepy, even though the musical numbers are great and the songs are great. Sure. So it's like this weird, like dynamic going on. And in my head, it's not none of those things. It's none of those things. And so I'm trying to figure out what it is. And I'm telling this, these people, the group that, oh, I need a few more days to figure out this outline. Mm-hmm. And it's just them trying to give suggestions, but they're not helping at all. Yeah, that's, that's tough because 
you, on the one hand, don't want to send a message of complete ownership without anyone else's input, right? Because it's like, ultimately, you are trying to divest some responsibility. Not like... Not... (laughs) Not... uh, not uh, trying to divest, you know, like ownership of the project or anything like that, but you're trying to divest like some responsibility or basically make things collaborative. Um, but at the same time, you if you d- just basically don't see it the same way as other people, how are you going to come together on that issue? How are right. you going to like look past those smaller differences and work towards the larger whole, essentially? Right. And I, and I think uh, the other part of it is it's that, the idea was so vague at its conception that everyone just built up their own idea of what it was going to be Yeah, because it wasn't, it wasn't a thoroughly thought out pitch. It was like, Hey, we're going to make a musical set in Tucson and it's going to have this type of music. And yeah. it's, you know, it's not enough to really, it, it's enough to let your imagination go wild. And I think that's why sequels don't work. It's because you already have like expectations set up in a first movie and in the second movie, they stray away from those because this movie's already been told in its complete entirety. Mm-hmm. But in, in the sequel, you're taking the same characters and you think they're going to do the same thing that they did in the first one, but they never do. And it's never as satisfying as the first one. Yeah, and no, this 100% is all very true. Not in the third one. ever. Never does it happen. I think yeah. the only time it's uh, been... No, you can't even say like the Lord of the Rings trilogy is that because it was they were all written at the same time. So they had the, the, uh, the whole arc of all three movies in mind and they filmed them all at the same time versus like, mm. uh, Austin powers. Oh, Austin powers as well. Let's make a sequel. Oh, Austin powers too did great. Let's do another one. And then we get gold member. I love how you <laughs> like, you have no <laughs> in between, between the Lord of the Rings and Austin powers. It's like, those are your <laughs> comparisons. They're basically the same movies. Sure. So uh, there you go. That's how you use that. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with Elephant Scout and trying to figure out this movie. So you mentioned that they are the other elements of Elephant Scout are seeing this musical differently than you are. What specific or like what are the things that you are like what what are the things that you do are seeing basically because you mentioned that they're seeing it differently than you are it's like what are the elements that you actually concretely know that you like or that you would want to have basically all right well uh i think the basic premise is it well it's just a bunch of things i'm trying to juggle in my head because i'm trying to figure out what kind of musical it's going to be because i do think there are like genres of musicals. And I feel like the newer ones, the ones that have been coming out lately are, have been like, like are weird elevated fantasy scenarios. I think the next one coming out is into the Heights in the Heights. And I think that's probably going to be the most grounded in reality. It's going to be an HBO release over the summer. It was written by uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda and it's set in. Yeah, that's right. I had heard about this. Washington Heights. It's uh. I guess it's about a gas station that sells the winning lottery ticket and they get a percentage of that. And they're like, why would they? I don't know. It's, 
I'm sure it's like some weird state, some state rule or some bonus with the state tax or whatever. Uh huh. Okay. But um, <laughs> it was uh, it it's gonna be like this really uh, large movie because if you look okay. at the trailer, there's lots of large dance numbers and colors and people dancing on buildings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to do something more grounded, like a Gene Kelly movie, minus the uh, creeper vibes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you want this to be a little bit more of a grounded in reality type of thing. Uh, and you want this to reflect the Southwest. I want it to be set in the Southwest. And I think the things, uh, just by being in the Southwest, everything's going to be influenced by it. Mm-hmm. And not in a way that's like, uh, uh, not gentrified. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, appropriated culture. Like how uh, people get uh, like Southwest home decor or Tex-Mex. Oh, yeah. okay. Like Coca Pellies everywhere yeah, and leather yeah, yeah, yeah. and turquoise and, this, and that whole uh, thing. And that, that tile that's all over the place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I know. I, I actually know exactly what you're referring to. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, um, I think by being in the Southwest, it's going to be that. It's going to be fine. It's going to, like all the influences will be uh, more natural versus forced. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. So the uh, the general idea that I was having that it's a movie about a guy that has a coffee shop, okay, and he has this regular customer that comes in like a weekend every month, and just for like okay. a, like a couple days in a weekend, and he's got a crush on her and he's got to ask her out. Okay. And we find out that the girl he has a crush on is in the Air Force and does her two weekends or her weekend a month at Davis Monthan. Okay. Yeah. So she just comes into town, does her thing, and then leaves. And then leaves. Okay. So yeah. the day that he gets up the courage to ask her out is the, like the last night that she's in town before she leaves. Okay. So it takes place in one night before she leaves the next morning. I like it. Here's what I here's what I like about it so far, conceptually. Um, I think it's a because you said very grounded in reality and you know whatever. It's like that's a very real scenario, right? Like that's that's something, and it also evokes like feelings. Do you remember feelings? I haven't had feelings for years, but oh god, uh, oh god. That, Back when I used to have them, <laughs> uh, back when I used to have them, it's like, yeah, that's that's a very real feeling. I, I, I understand that conceptually. But then also it's like you're integrating things like and I think that these were the successful things that were or not. I don't, I don't want to say the only success. I don't want to make it sound like that. But I think that these were very successful elements that you had in um, downshift and in good cop, mo- good cop, mom cop, and stuff like that, which is simply intertextuality done right. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, do you know why the later seasons of Stranger Things seemed like a total fucking drag to me? Because uh, the kids are like 20 now. Well, no, not not only that, but also it's just like it's like, oh come on, now it's like. Oh, the mall and like, you know, all this, like they're too heavy handed with the 80s shit. It's like it was fun the first season because it was just like set in the 80s. But it wasn't like an overt thing that now we're dressing them like this and doing this. Like we're specifically you you see what I'm saying? Or like any Star Wars movie that was made recently has to have 
oh, uh, Chewbacca is playing the same fucking chess, like the hologram chess game that they were playing in the early movies. You know what I mean? Like everything has to be a callback. Everything has to be fan service about one thing or another. That's intertextuality, but it's intertextuality that's very um, boring and very mm-hmm. like tedious. It's fan service. Intertextuality done right is like, hey, David, Davis Monthan, you guys know Davis Monthan, right? But like, that's not what the story is about. It's just like, you know, just a little nod. Like, you know where this story takes place. Like, right, right. You get the idea. Like, that's intertextuality done right. When it's just like subtle, when it's not the entirety of the 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 story or anything like that, but it's like it it drives something that people enjoy. Um, so I like that part. And uh and I think there are a lot of motifs off of this idea that are effective musicals. Like, for instance, do you know um, uh, uh, Dr. Horrible sing-along blog? I've never watched it, but I know of it. Okay. Well, I don't know if you would like it or not, but it is one that probably... Now, there are certain parts of it that make me think the budget is a little higher, but there are also elements of it that are like, it was a probably more modest budget well that was that was made during the writer's strike i believe yeah yeah exactly so it was mostly done i i think very um on the cheap yeah it was it was a little bit of a smaller scale kind of um kind of thing but like i think it was done very effectively and i think it was really nice like i I thought it was done really well so um yeah so that sounds like a good good start off concept to me and the things that are confusing me is filling out the story because I, mm-hmm. I think it needs B characters and C characters because when mm-hmm. you watch all these musicals there's always yep. a B line or a C line or like a group of guys are like oh it's two people going to Scotland it's not just one guy going out and about right ex- exactly you need so, to have that there's the main story that'll have its own like uh, like I equated a lot to um, wasn't there a B story in Pocahontas I think it was the animals. No, it was like Pocahontas and John Smith. And then like the bad guys taking over. Yeah. Like, and and that, and then the, the two stories intersect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the idea I would have around that sort of thing. But so I'm, I'm, I've been trying to think about characters, but I also, I'm also trying to think of like, what's the underlying theme of this movie. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. I think it's just more about uh, being, not be, maybe being in a rut or being in a routine, maybe not a rut, but a routine and, and mm-hmm. not being excited about new experiences. Oh, is, is the theme of the musical? Right. Okay. Like, oh, I like doing this, but I don't want to go do that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, I'm comfortable being by myself here at this coffee shop, and I'd <laughs> like to go ask this girl out, but I don't want to. But then I feel yeah. like I have to, like, like having that experience because, because, uh, you know, we find out she's leaving at the end of the movie. So it's not going to be like a happy ending. Right. They're just going to have this night of this experience of a night. Mm-hmm. And man, I, that that is the making of a, of a good uh, musical. That sounds like a musical plot. So now I'm trying to figure out what's the B line. What's the B storyline? What's the C yeah. storyline? And like, yeah. what? what else do people do here in town that people are afraid to do, but it's like a one-time thing you can do. So 
So maybe it is someone doing an open mic night. Maybe it's someone doing a comedy show. Maybe it is somebody uh, trying a new venue. I don't know. It's like, it's like all little things I'm thinking about in my head. Yeah, that's, that's tough. It's like, I'm actively trying to place something like that, but it's like, I, I don't know. You know, I, I, cause you know, I, I do think that when people are, let's say early on in relationships, I have a friend that when he first started dating his wife, they would literally get the Tucson Weekly and go to the events page and just do mm. whatever was on the events page, just so they were yeah. going out and doing things together. Yeah. So I wonder if that is something that can be brought up. Yeah, I think my dad and my mom did that. <laughs> right. So it keeps things fresh and alive. Yeah. Yeah. After keeps, exa- exactly. After 42 years of marriage, they got to keep things fresh and alive. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's like coming up with those things, but also they have to be things that can inspire a musical number of some sort. Yeah. 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 Man, you, uh, you really bit off a lot on yeah. this one. I know. And it's driving me crazy and <laughs> I need to figure out this outline and all these characters and I need to like share it with the group so we can all talk about it or be on the same page at least before heading out to the middle of nowhere, New Mexico, and do this writing retreat. Yeah, well, so first of all, um, here's what I like about all of this is that, number one, it's your, in in true Chris Scott fashion, you're willing to try something completely new. Um, Which is the in theme order of the movie. Oh yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess that's true. You're you're willing to try something completely new uh, to to kind of drum up a different angle on your on your work. You know what I mean? It's like that's something that you do fairly. I, I don't want to say fairly regularly because that would mean that there's like a whatever I'm trying to say about it. But like you you are. <laughs> I know it's, it's good content. <laughs> um, but but you are comfortable doing that. I guess what I'm saying is that like there's a certain comfortability with you being okay, uh, completely reinventing your process or like what you are achieving or like because you're not doing the same kind of movie over and over and over again. It's like you really do something different between between um, Eddie Mummy to downshift to to good cop, mom cop, now to this musical idea. It's like, I, I think that these are two two interesting concepts that you're playing with, right? Because it's like, on the one hand, it shows that you are constantly growing, like just from a resume perspective, right? Which is probably not what filmmakers are thinking about in a general sort of sense. But from a resume perspective, it's like you are willing to completely pivot and try something entirely different to tell the story that you are trying to tell, like what you, what you're trying to get across. You're not using the same methods. You're not using the same. And that's something like, for instance, that I think, um, people really like about Christopher Nolan, for instance, which of course the comparison is not, you know, apples to apples there, but like, that's, that's what people like about Christopher Nolan. Whereas you see the converse of that with like somebody like Tarantino, Right. Right. It's like Christopher Nolan is in innovative and inventing and kind of re 
confabulating his style as he goes. Sometimes it works really well. Sometimes it doesn't. Like, um, I talk to people about Tenet. 50% of the people love the movie. 50% of the people hate the movie. It's not really clear. Um, whereas if I talk about Memento, most people think of that as a good movie, albeit somewhat confusing. Right? Right. Um, Tarantino, it's like, the movies are more or less the same. Right. I mean, like, not really, but like the things that he's interested in, the kind of story that he's telling, the uh, flagrant use of violence and the N word. You know what I right. mean? It's like, exactly. It's, yeah. it's, it's kind of the same stuff over and over. Not that that puts it in a negative sort of light. That's not really what I mean because it's like, yeah, I, I like some of his movies. You know what I mean? Um, but, but I think, uh, from a resume perspective, it's a really interesting kind of way to be is that you enjoy kind of this innovative process on your own work as opposed to kind of like, okay, how do I do Eddie Mummy 2? But mm-hmm. not, you know, the same movie, basically. Right. So, I mean, I think you have that going for you, but then I think the the, the other side to that coin, so to speak, is that now you have to figure out how you're going to do a musical, which that's fucking beyond me <laughs> you're you're way out on your own on this one <laughs> I, I i don't know i i like thinking about all the music like i've watched a lot of musicals these last this last month and it's uh-huh. um the more i watch the more i get discouraged and more in my head about it and oh shit and the because if you watch like uh what's available on hbo right now is like west side story mm-hmm. uh dream girls uh some old like uh Gene Kelly movie, uh, not mm-hmm. Swing Miss, not Swing Miss, not Swing and Miss, Home, no, Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Uh, home Plate? No. Uh, swing Time is on there with Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. It's like all these really cool um, like dance numbers and like like these classics and these great artists and creators, and they're like in right. their element in this musical world. And then I also last night watched a movie I cannot stand, even though people love it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And I rarely say hate, but I hate this movie, La La Land. You hate La La Land? I hate La La Land. I thought I could have sworn you and I were going to come to this to an agreement on the same side of this issue because it's like most musical movies. I'm not really that. Well, that's not really true, actually. Um, But like, for instance, um, I could see like, oh, so many people like Cats, not Cats the movie, but Cats the musical. I don't understand Cats the musical. I wouldn't get that. But I did like La La Land, so I guess you and I are on the opposite side of this. Yeah, for me, La La Land just seems like it's a, uh, it's it's like a Tarantino movie. It's like an Oscar grab type of movie. Oh, we're gonna! Mm. I need to win my Oscar at whatever. I feel like this is what the movie is because yeah. I am this cynical. Like I'm 30 years old. I need to win an Oscar. What am I gonna do to make everybody give me an Oscar? Oh, I need to make a movie about Hollywood and being a, yeah. you know, yeah. a star. Yeah. And no, you're right about, about that for sure. Like looking from that perspective, it's like. No, it is a little bit of a grab like that because it is so um, inside baseball in that right. sense. Yeah. 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 And I feel like, oh, it's going to be bright and colorful and fun, but it didn't feel real at all. It didn't feel like it, it felt like a bunch of half-assed ideas that didn't go 100 mm. percent. And like I feel like uh, the costuming was kind of like 
oh, this is what they wore in that one movie. Kind of looks like that. Go put that on. Yeah. Uh, I felt like the dancing wasn't as, it wasn't innovative. It wasn't like, it didn't intrigue you. It kept you kind of like, oh, just get through this scene already so we can watch them break up. I thought the ending was weird. Uh, I don't think the Oh, I thought the ending was great. But yeah, it's just a bunch of grabby moments to me, and I just was not a fan of it. Ryan Reynolds, not Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling saving jazz. I mean, come on. Yeah, okay, that was... (laughs) Get out of my face. Dude, that's a... (laughs) That's a fucking tagline. That's a bumper. Somebody needs to put that on a shirt. <laughs> Ryan, if you ever make more merch, I suggest that be a shirt. Ryan Gosling saving jazz. And then on the back, come on. Come on. <laughs> come on, man. Uh, okay. Here's, uh, I, I agree with actually most of everything you're saying. Here's the one point that I will disagree on. Um, the ending was great. The ending was great because, 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 most movies are tended, especially ones that are trying to be an Oscar grab in that sort of sense, are trying to resolve with the ending that the audience wants. They give you a taste of showing you what it could be, but then still at least, at least they still have the balls to be like, no, but that's not what's happening. Right. That's true. But I feel like the reason why they did that was because they could still have it both ways. They could have their cake and eat it y- too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's but like because I, that way you can you can demo both. Yeah, yeah. I but I will agree. The recap, that flashback of what could have been, was probably yeah. the better scene of the movie. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, to be completely like, if I'm looking at it in retrospect, it's like it, it was grabby moments with a lot of um, downswings in between. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, so you are, how are you envisioning this to be different? Like, what would your approach be to not do that? I feel like I have all the things to make it different. I mean, we have to get the band on board, of course. But the part I'm concerned yeah. about is uh, talent. It's like, I'm, I'm not going to find, a, I need to find a talent to really be the person to carry the project on their shoulders. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I yeah. need to find four people that can carry this movie on their shoulders that are not going to be Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling half-assed tap dancing on the side of a street. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but, but it's like, I understand why they use them, but it's because they're the, they were the most popular actors at the time. Right. Yeah. Also, I recently watched the Muppet movie. Uh, okay. Then the you know there's like two new Muppet movies versus uh, where they kind of like Jason Siegel brought them back with Amy Adams. I only know about that one. All right. There's another one after it. I don't think it's that good. I don't think I've seen it once. I don't think it was as good as the one with Jason Siegel and Amy Adams. Uh huh. But uh-huh. at the beginning okay. of that Muppet movie, you have Jason Siegel singing a song, uh, you know about how happy he is and how great life is, right? Yeah. And then there's like this big burst into a big dance number with like the whole town starts singing and dancing with him, right? Mm-hmm. But Jason Siegel does not dance along with the group. He just like bops along. He hits like a dance move every once in a while. It's because he's not a dancer. Right. I feel like in La La Land, everybody was dancing, but they're not real dancers. 
Ah, okay. So what you're saying is they didn't have the boldness to be like, all right, look, we know Jason Siegel isn't a dancer. Have him not fucking dance. Right. But instead, you're saying that they basically slammed everybody into dancing, whether they were dancers or not. Right. And and like in La La Land, I think the best dance scene is when they're in the aquarium, not the aquarium, the uh, planetarium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's their silhouettes dancing in this, the skies or whatever, right? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Those were body, body doubles. Those weren't them dancing. They were like real dancers dancing that scene. Oh, okay. That changes things a little. So it's like, I don't know. I guess they're playing to everybody's strengths, but it's like, yeah, it, it feels like, like La La Land was forcing a square peg in a star hole and the Muppets knew its limitations and they just rolled with it. And I feel like the Muppets is a better movie than La La Land. Man, if we were making, see, this is why I feel like we could be served making a shorter format YouTube channel because the clickbaity title here would be Muppets is a better movie than La La Land or some some variation of that. You yeah. know what I mean? Because that drives traffic. So you're, and it's a it's a pretty hot take, I'd say. I don't think it's a hot take. I think you know. I'm just keeping it real. <laughs> Chris is just keeping it real. The Muppets is a better movie than La La Land. Okay. Anyway, you got anything to plug it, Tish? No, I'm going through a difficult, complicated time, but we won't discuss that because it's actually very boring content. Nothing to plug. Uh, just social media. Find me at Atish Mazish. And how then- many how many Murphys did you do this weekend? Zero. Oh no! Uh oh, it's that bad. It's that bad. No, things <laughs> things are fine. Just um, man, uh, just uh, the delta between who you are and who you're trying to be and what you do and what you're trying to do are complicated things to manage. But this is all besides the point. That reminded um, me of a Thirty Rock joke that I will not repeat. I'm so. Curious. Uh, no, nothing to plug. Um, at Atish Mazesh, uh, working up a couple things. One thing is actually rather pretty huge, but I don't have anything to really discuss on that front until things kind of get motion. So, uh, nothing to plug. At Atish Mazesh. And yes. I am uh, Chris at Elephant Scout. Follow me there on social media. And maybe I will live stream. No, I could talk about this next week. I'll do like live uh, stories on the riding expedition what it looks like out in the middle of nowhere in new mexico uh, according to the pictures it looks a lot like arizona but more <laughs> more flat yeah that's what i was gonna say are you even gonna have service out there oh i don't know there's wi-fi so at okay. least there's that all right and uh yeah i guess follow me on instagram and i will i guess you can see that band that i was talking about i don't know how i can post or share that but i'll figure it out yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, let's just see. Do they have a website? You can find Chicha at chichamusic.com. That's spelled X-I-X-A-M-U-S-I-C.com.